0: Hi folks, welcome to Two Feet Apart. This is an intersectionally inclusive space where community meets storytelling. It's a space that is nurtured by vulnerability and the sharing of our stories because they are our greatest strengths and our strongest powers. With that in mind, happy listening. Welcome back to Two Feet Apart with me, your host, PG Patra. Today I have I literally almost always say that it's my favorite accounts but this time it's one of my favorite like baked treats uh so we have lisa and ashley from true brides beignets um i've affirmed that i'm saying that correctly which is even more exciting um but thank you so much for joining me ladies oh you're welcome it's our pleasure this is
1: amazing we're excited
0: i'm so excited can you tell us a little bit about yourself
1: yeah um well I'm, Ash- I'm Lisa, this is Ashley. I'll let you speak a little bit. I know I want to take over right now. <laughs> um, we're the Two Brides of Two Brides' Beignets. Um, we own, it's a small business uh, that we run in the Kitchener-Waterloo area and we're proudly a LGBTQ plus um, small business. And um, yeah, we're a married couple. We've been married since July. We've been together for about seven years about that and um yeah we're balancing um full-time jobs and our small business and raising a one-year-old
0: so it's busy we're busy craziness I love (laughs) it um so since I started with mentioning kind of your business can you tell us a little bit about how you got into that what inspired inspired the beignets
1: yeah definitely we will um And also thanks for saying it correctly we appreciate that but also if you pronounce it um incorrectly we're okay with that too because we're just (laughs) used to it we hear everything so oh i bet um, but no you got it you mastered it (laughs) um we so we took a trip to new orleans before like just before the pandemic before everything shut down and uh, yeah we just we made it back just before everything shut down but while we were there we experienced beignets which are really 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 popular in New Orleans like people go there for beignets um, and we didn't know much about them but we knew we had to try them um, and once we tried them while we were there we just fell in love with them so we, we kind of talked about it while we were there we're like we got we to make these when we get home we got to try these like we don't have these in our area. Like I, I haven't had them anywhere in Ontario, anywhere that I've been, I haven't seen them. So um, we're like, we, we gotta let people try these. These are amazing. Um, when we, when we got home, we, our job actually um, laid us off for a few weeks for a uh, shutdown for quarantine. Um, and Ashley, we were sitting on the couch one day, Ashley's like, I'm going to make beignets. So I'm going to try these. So, she borrowed a deep fr- we didn't have a deep fryer. She borrowed a deep fryer from her mom. And um she literally the first time she made them, mastered them. They were awesome. They were amazing. So we we made quite a few. We're like, okay, we can't eat all these. So we decided to deliver some to our friends. Um at this point, everybody was at home. So we're like, okay, everybody's gonna be home. Let's just do porch drop-off. And we just got a we just got a ton of good feedback all of our friends like them unless they lied to us i don't know but <laughs> they they all love them and um started posting about them on instagram and it just really just took off from there
0: that's awesome yeah they are delicious i don't think your friends are lying to you um <laughs> But I love that it was inspired out of a trip. I actually was watching like The Princess and the Frog this morning with Cash. And that's like the whole core part of it is that she wanted to have a restaurant where she could make beignets um, because that was a staple and it was her passion and things like that. So it's so fun to see um, kind of the cultural side and like the story come through there. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Were you guys big into like baking and cooking and things like that prior to or was it just like that was so good I need to recreate it?
2: Uh, The cooking's more my thing it's definitely Lisa Lisa's the taste tester. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a professional eater yeah everyone was making bread I was making vignettes.
0: I love that and I, I like that now the community all benefits from that
1: absolutely and you know what beignets are not easy to make they they are a science for sure and ashley has it down to a science like she's like i said she did them so so well off the bat and ever since then they've just been getting better and better and better
0: so what are you don't have to expose any secrets here but what are some (laughs) things that people might not know about the process of making them
1: Uh, you know what though like I I don't think there's any secrets I think
2: I would encourage people to try making them um they're just hard to make honestly really time consuming right like the dough has to rise twice so it's it's a lot of work rolling out the dough cutting them up and then having them rise twice right that's pretty much the bulk of it but yeah anybody can try them it's just a lot of prep yes a lot of prep and a lot of mess (laughs) lots of lots of flour yeah like we
1: we have people messaging us like oh can i get them can i get some today can i get some tomorrow it's like honestly like we would love to do that but it's it it really is a process right and we want to we want to make sure we're doing the best that we can for our customers and it, it's not something that can be done super fast right t- t- they take a lot of time they take a lot of prep not to mention like um fitting it into our 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 life right like having our full-time jobs and our and our son and stuff like that. So we want to make sure we're doing it properly, like in terms of fitting it in our time and making sure that they're perfect for the customer as
0: well. Mm -hmm. And that was actually kind of leading into my next question um, is just being able to have the time and ability to create space to make them and to sell them and things like that. How do you kind of navigate that in a way that still keeps you excited and passionate about it?
1: Well, we obviously took time off because we had uh, our son Gabriel, but, um, I think it's, it's nice right now because we have the flexibility and the freedom to do beignet days when, when we choose to. So, um, we, we have a friend who has a kitchen in Kitchener that we, um, work out of and he just lets us use it whenever we want. So, um, it's nice to have that flexibility over Instagram to announce the day that we're going to be taking orders for and doing deliveries on and um, just being able to, to, to work, you know, that day or those two days or whatever it is a month.
0: That's so good. Do you think that this is something that you're going to keep going for like a long time? Like, could you see bringing your son into it um, and things like that?
1: Definitely, like it's something that we talk about every single day. We don't want to stop. We we want to take the next step, um, and we want to take it as far as we possibly can because we know we have something good. We know we're passionate about it, and uh, I think we're good at it. Um, we have tons and tons of ideas, but uh, business is just so risky, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. not to mention, like if we want to put all of our time and all of our efforts into it, we can't be working full time either. So it's kind of like we're at, we're at this strange spot in our life where we have our son. So we, we need to be making sure we're making like, a, a, a obviously a solid steady income to pay for our, our bills and stuff, but also to, you know, get him everything he needs. And, um, we're kind of waiting until he gets into daycare until school and stuff like that. So we have more time on our hands to, mm-hmm. to progress in our business as well. Um, but, um, Yeah, I I mean, maybe uh, a little bit later, we could talk about some of the the things we're planning on doing with our business also.
0: Yeah, for sure. So when it comes to the pandemic, I noticed that there was a really like polarizing trend when it came to businesses, either (laughs) that was the end or that Mm -hmm. was the beginning. And I really Mm -hmm. love that it was kind of a beginning. How do you think that experience was different for you guys from if you were to try to recreate this business pre-pandemic um or if you were to do it like we're still in it so i guess if you were to do it way after like how do you think that varies from if it was a normal circumstance that you launched it
1: right and you know what that's so interesting because we think about that all the time and we we just don't know we just don't know although we know that some supporting small businesses was a huge huge thing during the pandemic and it obviously um benefited us for sure but um you know what I don't know I don't I think with people being back at work and and busier these days and stuff like that I don't think the way that we uh run our business or at least started running our business would have uh been been as huge as it was as busy it was as it was for us because it was like it was constant constant messages constant um people wanting to order and uh supporting small small business make sure you support small businesses which was great but now that people are back to real life and stuff does that does that stuff still exist i don't know i i to be honest i i don't think it would have been as successful as it was as quickly for us mm-hmm. um and obviously when i talk about success i'm like we're not we're not huge by any means it's not that it's just success in, in our eyes I, like this is the success we want right now and that we, we can, um, handle. can handle right now, which mm-hmm. is, which is awesome. And we're super thankful, but um, you're completely right. Like somebody, um, somebody in my family said that to me as well. Like, you know, I know you guys want to continue what you're doing and, and um, take it to the next level. But do you think, do you think people really will be that interested in, in buying from you guys and, and having these things like delivered to them? Or, I, I mean, it, there's always going to be that you know what if what if right and always the pros and cons but I think the reality is is we know that we're passionate about it we know that we can be successful because we know we have a a good product that we really want to share with as many people as possible
0: Mm -hmm. and I think that it's also like really important to recognize for friends and family especially because a lot of business owners see this but friends and family especially that um you know there's enough to go around. It's not like the market is always oversaturated. Um, like there's room and capacity of success, like for success for everyone. Um, and so what you guys are offering, even if someone else does offer, which as you mentioned previously, like there's nowhere in the region uh elsewhere that I could ever find these. Um, uh-huh. nevertheless, other parts of Canada and stuff that I've traveled to, but you know, there's always that, like, there's something special that you bring, um, and it's always needed and wanted somewhere. So I think that's always really important for, for community members around people that have small businesses, uh, to remember, but what is something that you would want other small business owners to always keep in the forefront of their mind?
1: Other small business owners? Um,
2: maybe just like remember why you started doing it in the first place Mm, I think it's hard mm. to lose sight of that once you get into like the slog of it all like trying to make enough money stay afloat be successful get bigger you forget why you liked doing it in the first place that's
1: good that's good I wouldn't have thought of that but that that I think is spot on like um just being this is by no means like a get rich million dollar business but I think because we enjoy it so much and we enjoy that's a good thing to, to other businesses to know like if you are making somebody happy and they're um, posting about you and they're messaging you telling you that like you know they enjoy whatever you provide them it's just it's a it's a great feeling that's that's the biggest thing it's like you got to be passionate about what you're doing and yeah, remember why you got into it in the first place
0: you're totally right I fully agree um, what would you say has been kind of some big celebratory moments for you? Uh, within our business. Yeah. Or, <laughs> you know, in or out, I'm, I'm I game gonna say, for either. I would say, say my son was born when we got yeah. married. <laughs> oh my gosh. But okay. yeah, I me mean,
1: so, so many things, Patrick, like, honestly, I feel like so much has happened with us in the last few years. COVID was was so so horrible and it brought so many horrible things but it it also allowed us to um like set so many goals accomplish so many things like I I don't know reality just hit for some reason and um we we had to when we started um trying to get pregnant with our with our son uh Gabriel COVID hit so we had to put that off a year and that was like a really really depressing time for us also, mm-hmm. but um everything obviously happened uh, in the right time and everything happens for a reason. But um, yeah, I mean obviously getting pregnant and and having our son and starting our business and is there anything else? There's so many so many
2: yeah, things I to mean, be it's thankful for. Been a challenge the past <laughs> few years having our wedding postponed that Oh yeah, we our <laughs> wedding
1: postponed. Yeah, yeah, but um, but. Yeah, I mean a lot of things in life for sure, but in terms of our business, we're we're just so happy. Uh, I think we're so happy where we're at right now, and we're so happy to still have people reach out to us. And not only that, we've created some good friendships through our business too, some good bonds, not just other businesses, not just other small business owners, but just people in the community. It's amazing. It's either, I think with us, I don't know. It, it's it's a it's a hard it, for me I don't know it's it's a weird mindset for me because I think sometimes you know we're either gonna get the love and the followers and the orders or you know because they support the fact that we're a, a, a gay couple and a and a queer business um or there there's gonna be people that maybe are like I'm not gonna yeah they won't order just because that or I'm not I'm not gonna follow mm-hmm. them just because that. I mean it's it's so bad to say but that's And and I don't know how I got off onto this tangent, but it's like, it's, I I feel that way. And it's, it's a bad, it's a bad mindset, I think, but for us, like, because I've been through so much in my life too, I know it exists. And there's people that are going to be like, I'm not ordering from them because of that, or I'm not going to follow them because of that.
0: Mm -hmm. And I can't, like, I can't personally speak from that experience, but even as a black woman, like I understand, um, you know, the, (laughs) the mentality that a lot of people can approach different businesses, just based off of the demographics of who's running it and things like that. A hundred
1: percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. So
0: you had mentioned your wedding, your son. So I'm using that as an excuse to steer from business for a second. You're both business owners, you're both wives, mothers, um, and things like that. But what are Other things that you're really passionate about that maybe aren't directly tied tied to one of those roles
1: Hmm. (laughs) oh my gosh no nothing our life is entirely that
2: (laughs) (laughs) for me I think mostly just family I think I try to spend as much time with family and keep traditions going keep you know sunday drop-ins at the parents house like everything is just i remember when i was a kid and we just used to like okay let's go see uncle eddie this weekend and we would just drop by the house we wouldn't Mm -hmm. even tell them we're going over you just go you knock on the door and it's like oh hey we're here yeah and now it's just like everything is just so scheduled and so rigid and i think keeping like this spontaneous family things going
1: we are we are very passionate about family I think um more so now than ever like having having our son especially Mm -hmm. but also like with our parents getting older and stuff and you know um not being in good health like it just makes us cherish those those moments even more
0: Mm -hmm. I totally get that um my son's the main reason I moved back to uh, Southern Ontario, because a lot of my immediate family is here, not all, um, we're kind of all kind of spread out, but mm-hmm. the core is here. So I, we moved around a lot growing up, which I loved and I was very used to, and I didn't realize it wasn't normal, but for my son to be able to like go to his uncle's for a day or go spend the day with his auntie or something like that, that's something I want for him growing up. So that community, um, and really, recognizing the priority of it after you have a child is so real that we don't always we don't always acknowledge um and then you're like oh wait no and then once you start you're like why wasn't I always doing this (laughs) totally but also like
1: for me seeing my parents and in-laws with like how they are with my son and they're so great with our son but like obviously they're so different than they were with me growing up yeah (laughs) It's like, who are you? But also yeah. like, yeah, I mean, like you, as long as you're treating him well and like, you know, I, <laughs> it's just it's just funny, like how, how things change. I guess as grandparents, you just that's how you are. But it's kind of funny. But we're we're um, we're super close with our parents and like family is everything to us right now.
0: I love it. Um yeah, I totally get that. Half the time I see my son with my parents and I'm like, "Who are you guys?" Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. You were not this ca- you were not this soft.
1: What is happening? Yeah. No, but it's know. good though, right? You 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 don't want them to be as tough with your with your son as they were on you, baby.
0: <laughs> it's true. It's true. It just makes me always think I'm like, "What am I going to be like as a grandparent? Like, will he th- be thinking the same thing?" <laughs> Probably. Right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Cause I guess we're the ones that really have to have to discipline. And so they, they just get to have fun and return. Exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, so what does your journey together as a couple look like, um, going through the pandemic? I know it was really hard on a lot of relationships, but also you mentioned having to postpone a wedding, mm-hmm. being in a queer relationship, things like that. What, what kind of, does that storyline look like for you too
1: um do you want to answer this or do you want uh, to start?
2: well i mean i think rocky no, just <laughs> no. just um our story i think from the beginning has just been like setting goals and just trying to crush them
1: oh my god you right. know
2: apacha honestly
1: we ashley tells me all the time we, you need to live in the moment more you need to enjoy family you need to sit down and just take a breath and just like, like things can wait, things can wait. Like I'm a list maker and I'm a doer and I'm always just like running around doing things. So yeah, like definitely setting goals and accomplishing things, but like also a little too much sometimes. So she brings me back down to earth. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We really really always have something on the go, which it's, it's exhausting, right? We need that time to just sit on the couch and watch TV for an afternoon right? And it doesn't happen very often anymore. But like, yeah, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic, when we were starting the fertility stuff, it was the whole new world. Like there's so many things that you don't, I guess, think of when you're starting the process, right? And especially as um, a gay couple, there's a lot more, I guess, uh, variables that come into it. But Um, and then when you throw in COVID in the mix right it could it turned into like a very isolating experience because um, well I carried Ashley I carried um, and so a lot of the appointments I had to go through by myself Mm. which was it was tough right like you I obviously wanted Lisa there every step of the way just for support but obviously so that she could feel um, you know a part of the process and as much as possible right because that that's definitely a Um, a hurdle to go through and one of the toughest parts I think was during the conception like the actual Mm. insemination insemination, like she couldn't be there for which was which blew my mind because yeah you know it's it's the moment the most important moment I feel that you know and and for her not to be there was very isolating it's supposed to be a happy moment but it was it was it was tough it was depressing for me yeah Well, I was
1: sitting in a parking lot um, with a coffee in my car while you got pregnant. (laughs) 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 It's depressing. And like, obviously, we've like, we've shared a lot of like sad times and a a lot of tears together and stuff. But but also like we can look back and like somewhat laugh about it because like we know we're in a good place now. Like everything happened for a reason. Look where we are now. Like we got like an amazing um, son out of it and stuff, but it is, but it was a tough process. And like, I'm sure a lot of, a lot of couples can relate too. Um, but I couldn't go to any of the ultrasounds. I was on FaceTime for the ultrasounds. Like it was a lot, it was a lot to, it was a lot to handle,
0: but, um,
1: we got through it. You you do what you have to do for sure.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think with those circumstances, especially during the pandemic is definitely like next next level challenging i was also pregnant during the pandemic um but it was just me and even like knowing that i couldn't have my sibling come along to an appointment or like a friend or anything for support um was really hard because sometimes you just need that like comfort and anchor and so i can only imagine um in a relationship when you're both equally committed but only one of you can really be present so there was a lot there that I wanted to unpack, but in terms of your experience with fertility um and what that journey looked like for you guys, what are things that you would want um, people to be mindful of if someone they love or care for is going through the same experience?
2: You'd be good at answering this. Um Maybe just offer the support because you don't really know when the person wants to talk about it. Right. Like you don't know what their journey mm-hmm. like has like, you, you don't know what they've gone through up until that point. Right. Mm-hmm. So how mm-hmm. many procedures have they gone through? Are they in the beginning or have they been at this for five years? Mm-hmm. Right. So you don't want to be the type of person who's just prying. Mm-hmm. So have, have you tried lately? Maybe yeah. they don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Maybe it's emotional for them. Right. So like just knowing that you have somebody there to talk to if Mm -hmm. you wanted to talk to that you're not obligated to divulge everything that you've been through about Mm -hmm. it because it's 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 tough it's exhausting mentally emotionally physically (laughs) everything yeah definitely like just be sensitive to that and
1: and respectful and you know respect boundaries and stuff like that for sure um I don't know if this is related but like I I think my my dad It was my dad that asked somebody like are you guys are you guys thinking about getting pregnant you hear you hear that question all the time right like people ask so are you guys when are you guys getting pregnant when Mm -hmm. when you guys are you guys trying are you guys it's like it it doesn't matter if you're a straight couple if you're a gay couple like sometimes those are just not appropriate things to ask like you don't know what people are going through you don't know if they have fertility issues you don't know what their situation is like so definitely just like respect boundaries if 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 you know if whether they're trying or they don't want to have kids or uh, they're not ready yet or whatever it is like just maybe just don't don't
2: pry like wait till somebody talks about it opens up. Well, and I know for us like we wanted to kind of keep it as organic as mm-hmm. possible like we didn't tell our parents that we were starting in the clinic when we did just because it's like well. <laughs> when straight people usually, I, I don't know, but when they're having kids, they don't actively go around tell people like, yeah, we're, you know, working hard trying to make that baby. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, you yeah. Don't, you don't tell everybody that kind of thing. Right. So like we we wanted it to be as, you know, organic as possible. And when it happened, we would kind of reveal it like, Oh, Hey, guess what? We're pregnant.
1: Yeah, it just have, happened. Ha- have that cool pregnancy reveal, you know, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, that's so special. Um, Would you be open to sharing a little bit? Because even I, like I have friends that have gone through fertility um, treatments and that process and things like that. And I know it can look different for different people, but for someone that may be listening and maybe like, okay, I'll be more mindful of that. um, But maybe they're curious right now. I would love for you guys to kind of um, maybe share a little bit about like what, the experience is actually like like what steps are involved I don't think people always recognize like exactly how intensive and laborious mm-hmm. it is um mm-hmm. but then also if you noticed any gaps in the systems or inefficiencies or like you know you feel this was unnecessary or and it's it's tough to to navigate exactly what was factored by COVID um and mm-hmm. what are factors that have always been in that process but could you guys share that with us absolutely
1: um you could probably talk about some some of the things you didn't like (laughs) but um and then uh, yeah like especially um the questions the clinic asked and you're like would you ask that to a straight couple you remember but um the the process that we took for for having gabriel was iui um so uh, insemination so we um didn't do ivf um we are thinking about having a second child through IVF, um, but Ashley carried through IUI. So we had to go through the process of picking a donor
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, um, and yeah, you're right. A lot of people don't know the process. And to be honest, I I didn't know until we were ready to start trying. I was like, don't worry, I'll figure it out. Like we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, And we did. It's just like, you just take one step at a time. Don't let it overwhelm you. Just uh, do your research, take it one step at a time. And um. So it, it, we, we picked a donor together and basically, um, you just search their, their database online, um, through the sperm bank website and, um, you filter it, um, based on like features and stuff. Mm-hmm. So in, uh, in our situation, we, in our experience, we filter, we wanted, um, our son to, Reflect both of us. Yes, yeah. So biologically, Gabriel is Ashley's, but we wanted to ha- him to have similar features as me.
0: Mm-hmm. If
1: that mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And I don't sure. know. If, I don't know if that's appropriate or not. But we weren't opposed to anyone or anything. But we were like, you know what? If he can have similar features to me, then like your curly hair,
2: you have lighter eyes than me. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Like those are kind of things that we wanted. To yeah. For. Yeah.
1: So we um we found um a a donor who his his um his baby picture not his baby picture but as a toddler looked like my brother as a toddler (laughs) and oh and yeah and we 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 read all about his family history and uh what he does for a living and his education and um heard his voice like we heard a recording about why he wanted to donate um the thing that we did not want to see is we did not want to see an adult picture and everybody always asks me everybody always has great questions about this process but um I did not want to see an adult picture because I thought I might be too judgmental I know it's so bad, I know it's so bad but it's like it, we we had a conversation we like we are not trying to achieve perfection like there's no there's no such thing right mm-hmm. we're going to have we're going to have a child it's going to be ours it's going to be perfect to us so we i opted out of seeing an adult picture cuz i was like i i i don't want to
2: well i think i think like when you meet somebody and you love them <laughs> and you decide to have a baby with them their quirky features i guess <laughs> become lovable yeah, right you're not, it's true you're not
1: like you're not like oh you have like one eyebrow um like higher up than the other yeah it's probably not gonna work like,
2: no, like you love it that's you're, true you're not thinking about those things when you want to make a baby yeah with them, right
1: so. so yeah so we're like you know what just whatever we we don't need to know and um we're like
2: we're happy with a stoner and um it's this- tough it's tough because when you get to pick and you have all the power <laughs> to pick these things then you right. start like thinking of all these things or reasons why it's not a good one right because like you <laughs> it's too many options it's a very stressful thing it to pick a, a sperm donor it is
1: it is and people might not realize that but it is it is kind of stressful and um yeah we 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 had hours and hours of of searching and talking about it um because it is a big decision honestly it is a big decision mm-hmm. but at the end of the day we we're just like our our child is going to be healthy and they're going to be amazing they're going to be raised by us
2: So they're going to be great. But another thing, though, that people may not know about fertility or like when they're looking for sperm or if that's something that they have to like think about in the future is that it's very expensive. So like Lisa mentioned, I did an IUI, but for each IUI, you need one vial of sperm and one vial of sperm can run you a thousand dollars. Right. So Mm. when each um procedure you're given about 15 percent success rate right you're you're really hoping mm-hmm. that that one vial of sperm is gonna be the one right yeah but- we it, it's
1: it's a it's a we're gonna try and s- sum it up a little bit because it is a kind of a long process but um after yeah for for us we we bought one vial of sperm. We risked it and bought one vial of sperm. And uh, we yeah, we did a lot of research and had people in our lives telling us like, you know, it's only a 15% success rate. So, you know, don't have your hopes too high the first time. We're like, okay, you know, whatever happens, happens. Mm. We got to get this journey started. And we just bought one vial and we were lucky enough to get pregnant on the first try. Um, but um, it was lots and lots and lots of days of Ashley. I guess I, I was there too in the parking lot uh, going to the mm-hmm. clinic. So yeah, it's, it's a long process. Do you want to add anything to the the whole journey? Because they, oh, talk about the therapy session.
2: What therapy session?
1: We had to do a therapy session. It was a requirement.
2: Oh yeah. Before we,
1: before we, before we could go to the clinic to try and get pregnant, we had to, uh, we had to sign up for a, like some type of um, not therapy counseling or something like oh, that. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah, because I guess they they want to make sure we're like in the right headspace to use donor sperm. That's what it was about. Was because it because if you're if you're using a donor egg or donor sperm, they want to make sure that you like mental health wise can accept that, it's, you know, I
1: don't know. I, f- I found that strange. But there's a whole thing. Yeah, there's a whole process. We had to do that, the counseling session and I, I, for, for me, I thought it was her trying to figure out if we were going to be fit parents.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine, um, yeah, the counseling session, because, um, I'm sure it's more even just like a liability side of things for them. Um, but so when you say you went to the clinic for appointments and things like that, what did that look like? Like, was it, um, were they appointments in which you were checking, like, levels of hormones or just for people that don't know?
2: Yeah. So like in the beginning, your first appointment, it's a consultation. So usually they'll just explain everything to you and they'll tell you, okay, so when you get your first cycle, call us. And on the next day you're in the clinic and they just take a bunch of blood work. And basically they just kind of get a big picture of what your baseline is for hormones um, mm-hmm. while, while you're on the cycle and how your body reacts to everything right and um, also there was very fun ultrasounds um, <laughs> that you had to do every single time and basically these ultrasounds are counting your follicles so they want you to have as many follicles as possible because the follicles then turn into eggs and um, they have to grow to a certain size to become an egg so they're kind of they measure you every day um, to see the size of these follicles to see if you have enough to then give you a trigger shot which is a hormone um, that causes you to ovulate and then from there the next day it's when they um, then do the procedure and inject the sperm and then hopefully fingers crossed but most of the appointments were quick. Like you're in and out in probably 10 minutes. It's very, um, like very much so like clockwork, but, um, it's strict. You have to be there certain days, certain times, certain times. Yeah. It had to be first thing in the morning because you know, your hormones, um, fluctuate based on like what time you wake up and, and everything. So
0: yep. It was tedious and time consuming for sure. Interesting. And did you, um, I know we're coming close to time, but I have so many questions. Uh, Was this (laughs) tricky to navigate while working?
2: Very, very right. Because you have to be at the clinic. You have to have those appointments. It's I know a lot of people struggle with their employer kind of being on board or maybe not even wanting to divulge that information to their employer because, you know, it's not always something you want to talk about, but. Um, luckily, yeah, it fell on days where I was on nights. Oh yeah, so. we, we work shift work. So um
1: most of the appointments were when we were working nights. So it'd be pretty much not not sleeping very much, but getting up early in the m- morning and heading to the clinic. So I don't think we missed much work, did we? No. We were lucky that way.
0: Yeah, that's because I can imagine with some employers it would be really tough to to try and navigate. Um but even then, I imagine working nights doesn't make it easier because then you're up all night and having to be up early during the day. Exhausting for sure, but worth it. <laughs> mm-hmm. for sure. It's always worth it. Um, well, thank you so much for being open and sharing that side with us as well. Um, I Like I said, I know we're coming close on time and I want to be mindful of that. Is there anything that you're currently excited about or working towards with your business or in your personal lives?
1: yes we are um we're going to be doing hopefully doing events soon like we want to start doing events in the spring and the summer so what we mean by that is not um like large events like um, fairs or weddings or anything like that but we want to do kind of small intimate events um so we're hoping to cater to things like uh baby showers or birthday parties or gender reveals or um, work parties and stuff like that we are going to be mobile so we'll actually go to the event and set up um fry our beignets and serve them while we're there so that's fresh, fresh. so it's that's what? that's one of the things that we're um we we really want to um emphasize about our business is beignets are, are the best when they're fresh um and unfortunately people have haven't had the opportunity to to um taste them fresh out of the fryer so that's kind of what we're we're um, heading towards um doing events and then also eventually hopefully maybe setting up shop in um maybe farmer's market or um we've had some interest in people inviting us into their coffee shops and stuff like that so pop-ups. maybe doing some pop-ups but um definitely definitely we want people to try our beignets fresh and then they'll really be able to experience the the awesomeness of our product i think i love that
0: um well i'm personally very excited for that and thank you again for both taking the time to chat with me today i really appreciate it um and i'll link to your socials below awesome